Welcome to the Revenue Builders Podcast with John McMahon and John Kaplan. This podcast is brought to you by Force Management. There's no better way to build revenue than by improving sales. Force's solutions help companies and individuals accelerate sales performance. Veteran sales leader Andy Byron joined the show for a conversation on sales leadership when you're scaling. He was at Lacework at the time. They cover ideal customer profile, alignment, pipeline metrics, and the cost of a bad hire. We start this episode with John McMahon talking about the mistakes made when trying to align, grow, and scale. You see a tech founder and they believe that everybody, let's say, everybody's going to buy their baby. Right. And eventually everybody might buy their baby. But in the beginning, when you're trying to get the company off the ground, trying to find product market fit, you have to be very smart like you were about developing an ideal customer profile where your differentiators really map to the pain that the customer has so you can actually solve those pains. So I've seen that as a big problem where they don't want to go. They believe like to your point earlier, let's go call immediately on Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, those types of companies. And they waste a lot of time and they spend a lot of money, burning a lot of money to before they eventually figure out, oh, that was the wrong strategy, right? And now they try to self-correct, but sometimes it's too late. The other thing I've seen in your alignment point where everybody's aligned is sometimes I've seen where it's a brand new CEO and they're influenced by venture capitalists who never have ever scaled a sales force themselves, but they saw it happen at company A. So they believe what happened at company A can be duplicated and cookie cuttered into company B. And it might be a different product in a different market calling on different personas with different messaging and different price points. And it just doesn't work. And they're heavily influenced. So then maybe the first time CEO has a first time CRO and he's not really, doesn't really have conviction. He or she doesn't have conviction around how you really need to go obtain product market fit. And you're listening to the venture capitalist who's telling the CEO what to do, who's telling the CRO what to do. Another disaster. I've seen that thing happen also. Yeah. So that alignment that you're talking about is really, really key. So, but Andy, you've been in, you know, a number of sales leadership roles, you know, different companies, <clears throat> some highly successful, others that might be like hanging on. Yeah. You know, are there any thing that you feel like through those experiences, here's one, two, three, or four things that I've learned that I just know this, this is, this is the right way to do things. Yeah, I think, um, there are, there's a lot. It's, 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 uh, to, to boil it down to, to two or three is, is tough, but, but I've, I've given it a lot. What of not to do. How about what not to do? Right. So look, I think the first thing John is, is to what to do is, Make a decision on what market you're going after because you can't be everything to everybody. The second thing is have an open mind to evolve, right? And and evolving doesn't just mean what the market or with the sales team yourself too. You have to have an open mind to evolve as things change. I mean, who would have thought two, two and a half years ago we were going to be in a pandemic, right? So you have to 
have an open mindset and continue to evolve and, and evolve yourself. I think for sure. The third thing that resonates with me the most is surround yourself with great people that have the same desired outcome in mind. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And are constantly going to challenge each other, support each other and push each other to get there with good intentions. And those are probably the three biggest things that, that I've learned over the course of my career. Yeah. Hey, Andy, let me ask, let me ask just a quick question on, um, in the mix of that, something I've seen you do just really well in scaling. A lot of times when I'm talking to CROs, I'm looking for the math behind the scale. And when it's not there, it's very scary to me because when you scale, without having uh, an aligned approach, financial approach behind quota months and, and that type of stuff. When math isn't part of the discussion, I know there's a lot of other things that are involved, but when math is not in part of part of the discussion, you know, it's like, what they, what do they say? Every success in a company has a thousand mothers and fathers and every failure is like an orphan. Nobody owns it. And it's like, yeah. it's like when I think about this, can you kind of give us, I think you've just done such a great job in the places you've been really focusing on those quota months and, and scaling and making sure you're just not burning through cash with, with, you know, either the wrong people or the wrong timing. Do you have a point of view on that? I yeah, yeah, I do cap. Uh, and, uh, and I learned it from the, the, the other gentleman here on the phone, uh, Me too. Uh, Max. So, so, you know, in mo- most sales leaders, um, look at sales as more of an art form, which it is right. It, it's part art, uh, part science, the sales leaders that can really boil down the decisions they make or don't make into more of a science fact-based decision process, they're, they're more successful over time. Right. Um, and that's hard to do, especially in the case of lace work. When, when I joined the company, we had less than 40 employees, less than 28 customers, and we were doing, you know, less than a million in ACB. So there wasn't a lot of facts here to like go figure things out around, but if you lay the right foundation up front in terms of what's your hiring profile, right? And that could change over time, but what are you, what are you hiring to? Um, the second is when you bring somebody into the company, how are you going to get them up to speed in a way that feeds a productivity model, right? Mm-hmm. And that productivity model is when you hire somebody by a certain date, at what point are they going to be successful and start selling? Um, and then how's the pipeline start to flow into that productivity model? So you have an early warning system if somebody's going to be successful or somebody needs help. And I don't like to use the word or not, right? I think it's somebody's going to be successful or when somebody needs help because the or not uh, successful in my experience, and it's a learned experience, means that as a sales leader, you're just taking the easy road, right? If you, if you believed you hired the right person up front based on 
the profile and the interview process and, you know, all the work you've done up front, it's, it's your job as a leader to make that person, person successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mac. And when I start to look at pipeline and I was just in a call this morning on, on pipeline reviews, you know, the easy thing to do is say, well, Sally stinks because she's not generating pipeline. Well, that's not the case, right? Because would we hire Sally again? Yes, we would. Okay, well, what are we doing to make sure that that early warning system is in Sally's favor now, right? So pipeline metrics, you know, cap or something that that I've really spent a bunch of time on. I actually spend more time on pipeline metrics and they can vary depending on the product that you sell. But I spend more time on pipeline metrics than I do on the forecast. Yeah. Right. Everybody, also, what are they doing to help Sally out so that that's she can right. generate pipeline? If you if you hired her because you believe she met your profile and she's failing, then really it's the responsibility of, to your point, the leader has not put enough time and effort into developing that person. So a lot of times, to your point, I find you ask them why Sally's failing. Oh, she's just, you know, they give you some blow off excuse. Nothing specific as to what's missing in her knowledge or what's missing in her skill set and what are they doing to help her get it. Right. Uh, absolutely, Mac. And, you know, I think to, to, the, to the point here is that if you believed you hired the right person based on the profile that you've defined, then it's up to you you as a sales leadership team and as an entire organization to make sure Sally's successful. Now there's leading indicators that you put out there. Cause when Sally comes into the company, she wants to know, tell me what great looks like. Right. right. And we've defined what great looks like. And nobody's going to put more pressure on themselves and Sally to be great. But if Sally's not where she wants to be around what great looks like, Mac, to your point, it's the sales leader to get Sally there because right. if you can get Sally there, then cap, you beat the productivity model in yep. any sales driven organization has some sort of model that measures sales productivity, which we do here at least work. It's what drives our top line uh, growth. And man, if, when you can get Sally successful and you can repeat that time and time and time again, across these leading indicators, it becomes a really predictable business that yeah. you know, can outpace the rest of the market. And the flip side of that, Andy, is if Sally attrits, that's a killer to the productivity. Killer. So it's a killer to the bookings, uh, total bookings, because especially in enterprise sales where typical ramp time is six months, if you hire Sally on January 1, let's say you're on a calendar fiscal year, and then you know you figure out by June, July that she's the wrong person by the time you know, she leaves and you go get a replacement, another six months has gone by. You basically, you lost an entire year of what At you least. thought was going to be a highly productive person, right? Yeah. So I used to get mad when people didn't have an answer for why Sally was failing and then Sally left on her own or they decided, okay, we want to get rid of Sally and kind of almost like forced her out. And I'd say, okay, so... Here's what I need you to do. I need you to go down to the bathroom. I need you to look in the mirror and come back and tell me, did you hire the right person? And you failed at developing? 
or you hired the wrong person. So you need, you know, you need to get better at recruiting. Come on, go down, look in the, bat, the bathroom here and come back and tell me what, where you, where you failed. Cause it's to your point earlier, it's a failure on the point of the leader when Sally fails. Yeah. He recruited the wrong person or they recruited the right person. Couldn't develop her. Yeah. Andy, are you sweating a little bit like I am? Have you had those, <laughs> my, convers- my <laughs> Have you had those conversations with him before? <laughs> Mars, just, what Sorry, I was going to say, Cap, is I think I've had that conversation with Mac before. I Me at too. least once. Me too. Ah, uh, memories on Revenue Builders. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the full episode with Andy Byron linked in the show notes. Make it a great week.